0: Five, four, three, two, one. fun mm. Welcome to another episode of the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast, your premier source for everything to do with the Vancouver Titans. I am Chris at Lightforce, joined virtually as always by Omni at Omnistrife. Welcome Omni. How goes it?
1: Pretty good. We had a wonderful week, Uh, got swept twice, but luckily we're playing the Shock next week, so it's going to get better, right? Yeah,
0: it's unfortunate that the Vancouver Titans lost, uh, you know, twice there because uh, we had to get rid of Sam. Who? Yeah, exactly, right? Like, we uh, we ditched <laughs> Sam. We don't know who he is anymore, but Sam had another Sunshine. Can't make it this week. Uh, he was the Wait, one
1: who... Chris, I think you're muted again on stream. Yeah, it's all fixed. All fixed. Cool. Yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> it's like, I, I'm a podcaster, not a streamer. Like, eventually we're going to... We're going to be so big, we're going to have to hire, like, a producer. Yeah. Like, you know, and, like, you watch, like, Tim the Tapman who, like, just, he he just says management during a stream, and management gets involved. <laughs> like, we need he has, management. He has a whip, like, <laughs> opt-up. Well, off he's the got whips, right, yeah. Um, but no, yeah, Sam, uh, Sam isn't here. It's just myself and Omni to recap. Mm -hmm. It ultimately was a a rough weekend for the Vancouver Titans and uh, set up what will be a tough weekend (laughs) for the (laughs) Vancouver Titans uh, this go-around. But uh, before we get into the payload, you may have noticed that over the weekend there were a couple of tweets indicating that there is some news to be shared on July 29th. Now, if you happen to not see those tweets, I would recommend that you go and take a look because they have clues. And I'm going to probably give more clues throughout, but there is something mm. huge happening on the
1: 29th. Huge. I could just reveal it on stream like we did last time too.
0: You you <laughs> could. You could totally reveal it on stream. Uh, just do it
1: right now. No.
0: And, too much and work uh, went into this, I won't blow it this time. But I... Uh, That is correct. Huge news is going to be coming up next episode. Not to suggest that this episode doesn't have big news. We always have big news, but even bigger news next week. Uh, Sam will be back. It's a guarantee. And uh, yeah, it's going to be good times. The other thing I wanted to mention is our uh, 2020 podcast audience survey has now uh, concluded. I'm going to put together the results. Do plan on sharing all of what you, our listeners, have told us about our podcast. Yeah, and, yeah uh, that's the big one that we got off. The- yeah, and, and uh, you know, I, I, d- I beg to disagree that we will. I mean, we might need yeah. might adapt or adjust, but uh, no, it was really good. I and mean, we got a number of responses, got some some good tangible feedback, and I think it'll allow us to sort of move forward as we, transition into the uh, the ever-happening world of the Overwatch League. So, that's all said and done. Let's uh, get ourselves into the payload.
1: Moving the payload! Join me!
0: Well, we, we let the cat out of the bag right at the top of the episode. The Vancouver Titans lost both to the Paris Eternal as well as to the uh, Gladiators. And not only did they lose, they lost 3-0. Both times,
1: oh, the poor cat got beaten up, killed, thrown into the bag, and tossed into the river.
0: Yeah, but unlike that Fred Penner song, this cat did not come back. <laughs> it is a goner. It was, you know, we were talking a little bit about the eternal match uh, in in RSP chord, and one of the things that it felt like was akin to the same match we saw out of the Titans when they played the Toronto Defiant for that second time. So if we go back to the May Melee. The Vancouver Titans put up a fight that no one expected them to provide in that play-in match, taking the Defiant to five maps before ultimately losing. So, the rematch occurs. We've got Shockwave in the roster, and he was a huge surprise. And the Titans, they laid an egg against the Defiant. I mean, It was not a good... Uh, good fight. They looked like completely discombobulated. It was almost as if everything that they had gained in that May Melee play in, they had somehow forgotten. So, fast forward to Summer Showdown. We played the Paris Eternal. We looked competitive against the eventual champion, and the Paris Eternal are by far a powerhouse right now in the Overwatch League. So, coming into the rematch, I didn't necessarily predict the Vancouver Titans winning. I did say, I thought the Titans would lose, but again, it felt like they regressed. The Titans that we saw play the eternal were committed to a game plan mm-hmm. and did not seem to have the either desire to accommodate or, uh, or, you know, change their approach. Or if they had a the desire, maybe were so committed that they, they wanted to prove it out come hell or high water. Like they, what they were doing was not working. And yet the Paris Eternal were throwing out different looks and just like, yeah, okay, no problem. The one moment where the Vancouver Titans actually looked like they had control Mm -hmm. on Anubis, uh, the Eternal were like, oh yeah, okay, this isn't working. Let's change things around. And suddenly the Titans are like, oh, well they changed.
1: Did it look like Paris were playing with their food? Maybe. Um, I mean, they did come into their own as, you know, the, the tournament went on. So definitely ter- uh, Paris did improve. But uh, I think you're right. We did see some sort of regression. And in a way, uh, I think it has to do with us just not being our roster, not not doing great in this uh, meta. Mm-hmm. But what we saw when uh, the tournament started, we didn't really try to play the meta, right? They they came out uh, a bunch of times with what they're good at. They tried yeah. to... Uh, surprise with the double hit scan that they're pretty uh, accustomed to playing but here they hard committed into that genji ash and the problem is it might work against uh, some teams when you're going up against uh, the likes of sparkle and soon and then you're you're coming at a disadvantage already and normally we are able to compete on equal grounds with other dps but uh, not this time yeah I think uh, the first map was probably the, the most abysmal play that we've seen from the Titans in a while.
0: Well, we saw the Eternal trot out
1: a junk rat and, <laughs> yeah. you know,
0: beat the Titans senseless. Um, quick, you know, thought. How do you feel Dalton did on Genji? We saw a little bit of him on Genji in the showdown, but... You know, I'm curious. What did you think his uh Genji
1: style or Genji gameplay was like? I mean, it wasn't like horrible, but compared to the life of sparkle, it's like fielding any uh decent Genji against someone like Haxel. That's really the the type of uh, criteria we're looking at here. He's that great. And I do think he's more optimal on the Tracer and and other uh heroes that he plays. Uh he doesn't look not uncomfortable on the hero, but you know, when you come up against such a competitor, it's really, really tough to, to excel. Uh, I, I did find it odd that he really fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause, cause maybe, maybe the problem was that he didn't do that bad. Maybe that was the kind of like the trap. Maybe if he started out really horribly, he would have switched uh, quicker, but, but he did a blade there, two kills there. So kind of he was, uh, apprehensive of switching and adapting because you're doing well, not yeah. not sparkle great or not even like uh remotely uh uh average he was actually doing decently, maybe that was kind of the downfall or the, or the pride that he felt like, oh yeah, I can dig this guy on well, and so i I felt he was okay right and,
0: you know to your point yeah he's not he wasn't showing himself as a sparkle like a top tier ganji Hassel that we would be accustomed to here in Vancouver. But it felt to me that his Genji was much less than what we would have gotten out of a Tracer play. Mm -hmm. And as we saw as the weekend developed, Tracer worked in in circumstances. I kind of feel that the Vancouver Titans started to see maybe not the success that they might have expected when we saw him bring out Tracer eventually against the Gladiators on, on Saturday, But I I had more confidence in the Vancouver Titans at that point than I had watching sort of the Ash Genji. It it just wasn't working. And it almost feels to me that the Vancouver Titans DPS are successful when both Dalton and Shockwave are are essentially complementing each other so that a team can't go and single one because the other will punish. That Ash Genji, they were like two
1: disparate pieces of a puzzle that if you took care of one, the other one didn't really threaten right and not just shockwave uh, pairing up with dalton i think the entire team needs to really synergize for for genji to truly flourish because in a way like you'd see especially anubis if we're discussing this map mm-hmm. we did compete pretty well in most fights the the only issue was that we lost uh key fights because of you know questionable alt economy like right? questionable alts when, when we were already coming down like uh even with the echo when uh uh shockwave switch it's Yeah, questionable decisions, really. No, and I I think we've questionable decisions have punished the Vancouver
0: Titans, this current iteration of this roster from day one. And you know what? Mistakes are going to continue to occur. They are simply going to be things that you go and learn from and hope to not continue to make moving forward. I mean, there was a point where we had actually commented, where I think Shred popped uh, his his cue as Ryan, where he had no support. He had no follow-up. And he had a third of his health. And it was like, okay, well, there's a shatter that knocked... I think he actually knocked a handful down, but there was absolutely no value (laughs) received from it. And it it was a wasted shatter. It's that type of, you know, what I describe as the mystery hero alt, where you're like, I'm popping it because I'm going to lose it. Whether I get value or not matters little because I'm going back to spawn and I'm re-rolling a character. That's how that one felt. And had he switched, actually, if he'd gone from Ryan and like went to a Winston or a, Mm -hmm. a Ball... I would have been like, yeah, okay, that's exactly what he did. I'm just going to toss it out because I'm going to lose it anyway. Mm -hmm. But that's not what occurred.
1: Another thing that happened in the Subnubis map, it's already kind of like a pattern with this team, is we got through A pretty quickly. So we had, Mm -hmm. I would say normally for another team, it would be a time time bank advantage for us is a time bank disadvantage because the way they play when, when they have like more time to spare than the other uh, team, it looks like they're going down like two levels at least for some yeah. reason. Well,
0: it, it, it's almost as if they're, they're clock watching. Right. Right. Like, you know how yeah, in, yeah. in the traditional sports, one, the moment you start watching the clock is when things start to go sideways. Exactly. And I think with the Vancouver Titans, that some of that is what occurs. So, the Paris match, they didn't look so good, but you know what? Regroup, face the gladiators on Saturday. And you know, if while yes, the desk did not give the Titans a chance, there were a lot within the, the scene and in the community that say, here's actually a, a team that's moving up, the Titans. Yeah, they got beat by Paris, but everyone's getting beat by Paris. They're placing the Gladiators who are not in a good spot. And the Gladiators, again. Had very little trouble with this Vancouver Titans roster. Vancouver Titans rolled out Ash Genji again. They mm-hmm. did eventually start to move away from that. Uh, Shockwave went on to Echo, which seemed interesting, because it felt to me that the Echo transition early on was more of a comfort. Well, I'm not getting, I'm not getting any value with Ash to so let me go here. And then eventually we saw Dalton switch off the the Genji into a Tracer. But yeah, the I mean, we saw you know Shred essentially being shredded. He. <laughs> He, he wasn't feeding. He just got, didn't get the support that was necessary to keep him up. And that stat where the Vancouver Titans have a 0% win rate uh, when they go down in a team fight, like, that yeah. is nuts. Like, there's essentially, it's like, let's just jump off and and, and roll back. I, I don't know how you fix that. But... My take at this point, seeing the Vancouver Titans roll out essentially the same meta that's not working for them, it's either one of two things. Game plan, like we have a plan, we're going to stick to it, we're going to prove this out, eventually it'll work, or two. The Vancouver Titans are not reading the meta well enough to understand how they in turn can play within it or around it. Right. And that, you know, let's go back to to the Summer Showdown. The Vancouver Titans lost handily to the Toronto Defiant and then suddenly came back and looked quite good against the the Dallas Fuel before beating the, the Boston Uprising. They looked good there. What was the difference? It's almost like they needed to have the league show them what the meta was and the possibilities were within the hero pool, and then they adapt the second week. So maybe maybe leading into the weekend against the San Francisco Shock, we might see a different Vancouver Titans team, one that comes out a little more competitive against, unfortunately, a team like the San Francisco Shock.
1: <laughs> yeah, perhaps it was just like the fact that they weren't going up against the pa- uh, Paris Eternal and not having Sparkle on the other side. And Dalton was okay, uh, again thinking, yeah, my my, my Genji uh, is decent, which it is. But it was kind of awkward seeing that uh, actually the, the Gladiators came out with a Tracer uh, Genji. So I'm like, oh, that may be a, a lost opportunity to play the Tracer. But then I realized, wait, uh, uh, unless... Unless Shockwave is is ulting as an echo, we don't really see him uh, playing get you that much.
0: Which he did, and he put he, he ulted as an echo
1: to tracer. Yeah, but it, I don't know. When Actually, I, I look at Genji once too, He did, the, too, you did on Li Jang, right? When yeah. I look at the Paris match, it felt much more of a, of an uphill uphill battle for uh, for the Titans here, though. Like you're going up against a, a team with the gladiators without space and and kester uh uh surprisingly was uh, uh starting on the Genji was uh pretty good in this game, but what I thought like the big uh, uh thing was for for at least the, the first uh, portion of this match is they have the Zen and brig against our Moira and Lucio, and when you're like going in such a battle the the Zen brig is much sharper. Type of uh of, of support do it it can get those picks and, and support a little bit quicker instead of you know the aoe effects of of the moira and and the lucio which kind of felt slow and reactive compared to like and especially someone like uh shaz who's known to be like a bloodthirsty zen he was in there uh supporting kevster and just discording uh uh um, you know, targets back and forth. And there is already like a big uh, um, buff to, to that discord. So we saw that effect. And I think that was like the real big difference in, in Lijiang, at least. Yeah.
0: The, the thing that concerned me the most, I guess, though, with the, the, the match against the gladiators was that again, um, the Vancouver Titans committed to something. And while I will give credit that you want to stick to your plan there needs to be the ability to have someone make that call to adapt you know it, it's it's no different than in football where a quarterback calls an audible or you know the players on the ice or on the field make it make a call make a decision they're they're best prepared by their coaching staff to go and do something but you have plan b c and you know when to make that call make that decision like the vancouver titans could have easily played you know dive against the gladiators, but didn't, Yeah, right? Like there were just so many opportunities for the Titans to shift. I'm not going to say that shifts like this would have resulted in a different, you know, uh, uh, result itself. Like the Vancouver Titans may have still lost, but at least at that point, yeah, it, it shows us that they're trying different things.
1: Especially when both of our opponents were were actually trying different things that weren't like yeah. really play like the junk rat again. Uh, I think they played it on Anubis. Uh, the Doomfist came out. We, we have we seen anyone play Doomfist on our team? Yeah, a little bit, but but like okay, you know the junk rat. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm not
0: suggesting the Vancouver Titans give me a call and say, "Hey, Light Force, bring <laughs> the junk rat out." But <laughs> I, I would imagine a a junk rat pick is possible. You're bringing
1: are- back my PTSD
0: but you know what I mean? Like that you're, you, we are seeing other teams provide a different look. Paris and LA were not coming out and doing this. I think because it was the Vancouver Titans, they were doing this because it felt it gave them a winning condition. This mm. was not Philadelphia fusion bringing chips at Yeah. So, I mean, ultimately though, what happened? The Vancouver Titans lost three out of the turnal, lost three out of the gladiators.
1: And. Oh, but that, that Gibraltar map, at least they woke up. Hmm. Um, a little bit. I mean, true. normally they just play worse when they're down. 0-2. This one was an exception. No, fair enough.
0: They. I, I will. Yeah. I mean, how many
1: times have we seen Gibraltar where they can't even get it through the first choke? Right. They uh, won like uh, I think like four or five fights in a row in, in their push, which was quite mm-hmm. impressive. But then, uh, uh, you know, they, but, they clutched it out. Kefster clutched it out in the last, uh, you know, over time. I thought maybe if they took that well, map, we would have seen a better game. Like going forward. So,
0: I mean, okay, you're right. I I, I should give the Vancouver Kings credit. They had a winning condition in overtime. Right. They actually, I believe, got the first two picks. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. but again, it was mistakes that started to get made, and next thing you know, mistakes. Everything. You like
1: retire? Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, before we actually set up the the match against the San Francisco Shock, this actually <laughs> was a conversation that uh, took place in uh, uh, Defiant Court. Um. Why would you be in favor of loser picking next map even during the season, like even in the lead up to the tournament? Or do you feel that there needs to be structure where the maps are preset? Mm. Like, the very like, I do get that that adds a variable that we've sort of railed against in the past with hero pools, but I feel that loser picks next map introduces a capacity to. Provide teams such as, let's say, the Titans, an opportunity to extend uh, simply because they have a, a map that's superior to the other. The culture is not their. I, I don't think that that's their strength, right? Let's mm-hmm. say Junkertown is. If the oh. Vancouver Titans have the ability to pick a Junkertown, it provides a level of parity because of the map. I mean, it's already occurring with heroes. So again, I, I'm, I'm sort of in favor of it. But I do get that from a a coaching perspective, like suddenly, well, how do we go and set game plans to this, to this, to this, to this, Mm -hmm. and that? much more complexity, sure. And just get good on every map. Easy. Well, it's just like Team RSP. We are good in every single map. Uh, Just don't go watch any of the vods of our team matches. Um, Going into this weekend, the Vancouver Titans are taking on the San Francisco Shock. Do we lose 3-0 or do we lose 3-1? Uh, it depends who they who they field. I'm I, sorry. Do you think we're going to see Super on Genji?
1: Uh well, we might see Tayo on the Genji. Uh, uh, Super on the Genji, maybe, maybe. Uh, his Genji is better than mine. I can tell you that it was it was pretty decent. But we might actually. It was played. Who did they play? Was it Boston? Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was, and so I mean, the running joke has been Super has been trying to to. Uh, tell Kosty, play me on on Genji, play me on Genji. Look at I've been look at me at, uh, on ladder. Look at my result. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And then, of course, you know Boston gets the chipsa experience, except with Super on Genji, and Super looked good. Now, granted, competition, and yes, I think the Vancouver Titans are maybe in a better place than the Boston Uprising are right now. But uh,
1: the Genji versus Genji battle, it'll. Let's just put it let's just say it like that the the gap between us and the uprising is much smaller than the gap we have against the shock but at least against super i i feel like uh Dalton can uh you know outmatch <laughs> at least in this year. I, I,
0: yeah it's it's, a t- it's tough that the Vancouver Titans are going up against some of the the tougher competition within the Overwatch League right now um and it doesn't get any easier obviously this was bound to happen but I I mean, I would love for the Vancouver Titans to surprise me here. Mm-hmm. I, I Just the San Francisco Shock are all in all a tough roster every day of the week. And we joke that they have guys on the bench that could be grouped up with the three of us and would be competitive. And that's not because the three of us, well, you're pretty good. Sam and I are not. So, you know, I, it, it, it's, it's difficult for me to go and say, I think the Vancouver Titans you know, have a shot here. And I'm the type of guy that would go and quote the movie any given Sunday if I could, so.
1: Yeah, like uh, the Shock don't normally lose to a team like the Titans uh, unless something really, uh, um, there's like a, a some variable that they hadn't prepared for or we come up with like a weird type of meta. We, we stick away from that like uh, Ash Genji approach. Maybe something works better for us next week. I mean we're gonna get Twilight on
0: Genji probably with Arlock and
1: he oh, Yeah, that, that guy stuff. can play anything he wants, really. Um
0: Hero Pull still in effect, it's gonna be May, Widow,
1: Arissa Anna that are locked out. Uh, which I don't like to. I think uh a Shred- Shredlock by far his best hero is the Orissa. Yeah, it's
0: mm-hmm. it's a tough way. I mean the Vancouver Titans I want to see I want them to see put up a fight. Mm-hmm. Right. That's that's all I ask, you know. Make the San Francisco Shock work for for the win. Play better than Boston, uh, and you know, it, it, even if they were swept three zero, like you know, we've talked about this before. You know, close sweep where you know it's it's a two one control. It's a uh, two CP that went into you know six rounds or whatever. It's a it's hard for uh, the yeah, like I just. You know, an escort that just that actually went to overtime and possibly a more than one point like that, you know it? If if the Vancouver Titans could go and start to to do that, that I think should help build confidence. That's what the the it's the moral victory. Yeah. So so yeah, um I I sort of said I hate the Vancouver Titans. I see it's 3-0 shock. Do you see that being any different? Do you think we could see a 3-1, a 3-2? Do you think a Vancouver Titans win? Sam's already gone and notched at 3-0 Titans. because will the, the optimistic 3-1. 3-1? Okay. Yeah. Oh, man, it's, it's tough seeing uh, this type of matchup so soon after a, a tough
1: weekend. Oh, at least we weren't even able to beat them with our previous roster, so <laughs>
0: there's that. Not- that's true and i hear in our our live stream that's you know what Tom skull just said uh as far as other titans news I and mean, they've been creating a lot of different content there is that partnership with sportsnet where they do the um essentially the weekend review uh there was an article um that, uh, Flubby was part of, uh, the Vancouver Titans themselves. have produced the, you know, asking the Titan and what have you. So check out the YouTube channel. You'll be able to find all that, but the, the news that I actually wanted to share, which broke today, uh, it has to do with one, our friends, uh, circle K Western Canada. They, they have a partnership with the Vancouver Titans where they're producing these froster mugs, but what's really cool about this first mug is they had a contest where the community got to enter in artwork. And, uh, Jesse, who is actually a mod in uh, Vancouver Titans discord, but also an extremely talented artist, uh, she entered a, uh, a piece of artwork that was selected to be a, a winning design. And you can go grab her cup right now at, uh, you know, circle case in Western Canada, which if memory serves me correct is BC through to Manitoba, including the Yukon territory and Northwest territory. Again, I'm pulling this from memory. I'm not entirely sure about the territories. Man, I have to kill for a Froster right now. Oh, it's so hot. I know. Ooh. I I did contemplate running out to Circle K to pick one up. And this is not an ad spot. This is legit. I could I could do with a Froster right now. But it could be. <laughs> it could be. Hey, hey, you know, <laughs> we know you. Nudge, 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 nudge. Anywho, uh, go and check those mugs out. The Pictures are already on social. There's a picture in Titans Court, RSP Court. It is a good look and mug again jesse uh phenomenal artist uh please you know let her know your thoughts and uh, if anyone is ever looking for uh uh, some work uh, she is one of the many talented artists here and she's pretty
1: active in our um minecraft uh server is she not
0: Is jesse is active i don't think jesse is in our minecraft
1: active in our minecraft server i'm definitely
0: not so i'm (laughs) no i'm i'm trying to think now but anyway (laughs) We're going to take ourselves here a short break before we dive into the fray. As we kick off the fray, I should give a shout out to Rockefeller who dropped us a sub on Twitch, as well as myself, that Lightforce guy. Two months in a row, top-notch fellow. Uh, But again, thank you for those uh, Twitch Prime subs. Every little bit helps. Any support you provide us when we're live streaming uh, we do want to recognize. Uh, as far as the fray, however, let's talk a little bit about the week that was. So, in rapid fire, uh, uh, Vancouver Titans kicked off the weekend by losing to the Paris Storm 3 0, as we already know. I was followed by the Battle of Texas, which was an entertaining match between the Dallas Field and Houston Outlaws. Dallas won 3 2. The weekend was then uh, further kicked off by the asia pacific region for saturday only Hangzhou spark beat the seoul dynasty 3-0 the guangzhou charge beat the london spitfire 3-1 and then the chengdu hunters beat the new york excelsior 3-2 which was a wacky match like at one point the chengdu hunters comp was like no i couldn't even say it was quick play it was more mystery heroes than anything else um the uh, Titans then lost to the LA Gladiators, as we already know. The Toronto Defiant beat the Washington Justice 3-0 handedly. Uh, the Florida Mayhem beat the Boston Uprising 3-0, and the Atlanta Rain beat the LA Valiant 3-0. We then go to Sunday, which is just in NA, and that's where the Paris Eternal beat the Toronto Defiant 3-0. The Atlanta Rain lost to the Florida Mayhem 3-1, and the LA Valiant beat the Boston Uprising 3-0. So, as you can see, a whole lot of threes and a whole lot of O's, except for a couple <laughs> of matches. As far as the matches that we had recommended everyone pay attention to, uh, both uh, you and I had said, let's watch the Washington Justice Toronto Defiant map. And in the conversation that we had had, I had pointed out that the fact that Anna was out of the picture swung the advantage distinctly towards the Defiant. You were maybe a little less confident on that. You still felt the the Toronto Defiant were, you know, the team to win. Sam, however, was like, no, man, Justice are legit. No, I was just concerned with the curse. Oh, okay. (laughs) <laughs> well, there was no curse there because the light force curse, if that was the case and if it were to exist, yeah, it was too it weak. Failed. Um the Toronto Defiant looked good against the Washington Justice. We also saw uh the introduction of both Shorefor and agilities in Atlanta, which that kind of blew my mind that we now got the DPS pairing that you know people have been asking about for probably since like the May Melee. And, like, even when we had, you know, Adam Adam join us, uh, we had sort of brought that up topic up, and, you know, it was talked about, like, we're, you know, best players, best opportunity, you know, so on and so forth. Well, we saw them come in. They look good. Those, those two look like a veteran pair right. uh, of DPS players.
1: What did you think about uh, Houston versus Outlaws and Dallas versus the Fuel uh, match? The Houston versus the Outlaws and Dallas uh, versus the Fuel Oh my goodness.
0: Okay. I mean, I said it was so not just not all entertaining matches have to be good, right? Like sometimes like think of, I'm going to use the hockey reference here for those of you who come to a, a, let's say an NHL game in Canada. During one of the intermissions, they're going to have what they call Timbits hockey, where a bunch of kids come out and have a good time skating around playing hockey on on the big ice.
1: Yeah,
0: It is complete chaos. It's complete madness, and everyone loves it. That's what that match felt like to me. It is entertaining for different reasons. Anyhow. (laughs) Um... As far as the you know the the rest of the weekend, I had also suggested watching the Toronto Defiant Paris Eternal match. I did watch this. Yeah. And at one point, when I was talking to the crew over in Defiant Court, I actually said it felt like the Toronto Defiant were going full Titans. Like they were so committed to their game plan against the Paris Eternal, whether it was going to give them value or not. Like First it was shorts. weird. Yeah. And I wasn't meaning that in a derogatory sense. I felt the Toronto Defiant had flexibility like they have a bench the vancouver titans they have suna we're not entirely sure if and when suna might find his way in but there's there is no ability to go and swap a a shred out for uh, another main tank or a ksa be. although i can't imagine swapping ksa where it's a toronto fight they can bring in beast they can bring in numlock they have flexibility that titans don't have it just they didn't look good now paris again very good team but I think the 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 Vancouver Titans. No one expected the Titans to do very well against Paris. I think there were quite a few people that gave defi- the Defiant a chance. So again, it's unfortunate that we didn't get as good of a match as we would have liked. Mm-hmm. However, Toronto, you know, is showing signs of of life that they had been lacking, you know, earlier in the season.
1: Yeah, yeah it's unfortunate, but with them, like the most consistent thing is their inconsistency. So maybe that's kind of, but, but then again, it's not really fair when you're going up against Paris who are now on like their oh, hottest streak.
0: Yeah. You know, it Paris is, you know, the top team, the, 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 the logic is to be the best, you have to beat the best. And right, right now the uh, Paris eternal are the best. And I don't know if there is anyone in the current medic can beat them. Even the shock I think would be, you know, challenged. To, to face the, the Paris Eternal. I think there's competition to be had there, but it, Paris isn't a, a league of their own. Yep. So that brings us into the uh, week that will be. Now, just like last week, we have another Friday kickoff. Thankfully, this Friday, it's not the Vancouver Titans that are going to be kicking the, uh, the week off. That is the one of two reprieves that we get with the rest of the, the summer schedule. But uh, on Friday... At noon Pacific, the Atlanta Rain are taking on the Boston Uprising, followed by the Florida Man taking on the San Francisco Shock. We then fast forward to 1 a.m. Pacific when the Seoul Dynasty take on the Chengdu Hunters, the Shanghai Dragons take on the London Spitfire, and 3 a.m. And at 5 a.m., it's the New York Excelsior versus the Guangzhou Charge. At noon, as we already know, the Vancouver Titans are going to take on the San Francisco Shock. The Florida Man take on the Washington Justice at 2 p.m., 4 p.m. It's the Boston Uprising and the Dallas Fuel. And then at 6 p.m., the Philadelphia Fusion take on the Los Angeles Gladiators. Unlike last weekend, there is actually APAC play on Sunday, and that has the Shanghai, or sorry, not the Shanghai Dragons, but the Chengdu Hunters taking on the Hangzhou Spark at 1 a.m., followed by the Shanghai Dragons and Seoul Dynasty at 3 a.m. 12 noon, the LA Gladiators are taking on the Paris Eternal, followed by the 2 p.m. match of the Toronto Defiant Philadelphia Fusion, and 4 p.m. Washington Justice
1: versus the Houston Outlaws. I wonder if the APAC teams are already sick of like playing each other.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, it's such a small pool, yeah. right? and you know, they only have as many matches. We're going to talk a little bit about the All playoffs and format um, in a moment uh, where we'll eventually get to see some, some variety added to that region. But as far as the matches to watch, so uh, Sam, uh, he picked the, the Titans shock match and he said, easy three Oh Titans. Cause you know, that's Sam uh, you and I, however, we both picked the, uh, the Toronto defiant to uh, Philadelphia fusion match. Now, I'll let you go first. Tell me why did you pick that match?
1: I just want to see one uh key matchup in EQO versus Agilities to be honest. Yeah. who can uh carry more on the Genji. I I, I think that EQO will be will have the upper hand, but I'm I'm looking forward to see my boy Agilities play. So I you
0: know what? I hadn't thought it that way. Um I think I mean EQO has the edge. Like definitely. clear edge. I don't think it's a. It's up for debate. I'm not trying to knock agility.
1: E Q O is three Genji for sure. Maybe top. I don't know who you have. Haxel, Sparkle, E Q O, and yeah, a uh, tier of their own. There was this uh, Alton, <laughs> uh, a
0: coach uh, in the uh, in the English Football Association, who once said, "I don't know if I'm the best, but I'm definitely in the conversation for top one." Mm. E Q O that's a good We're line definitely in the conversation for top one um so i picked it because again toronto defiant soft spot i also i think this is a make or break match so we know the defiant didn't do too well against the paris eternal paris General are a top team philadelphia is equally a good team maybe a tier below
1: but like up there too yeah i it.
0: think You know, the Toronto this is this is sort of the show me type of match. If Toronto is truly a top tier team, as some of the power rankings are currently providing them as, this is a match where they don't necessarily have to win, but it has to be close, it has to be hard fought, and it has to be the type of match that goes either way. If the Toronto Defiant can't prove that against the Philadelphia Fusion, then I think it's more likely that we had have to see them as that mid tier team. Yeah. Uh, And then the rest of the weekend, it was like, yeah, there's lots of stuff. I mean, uh, the APAC region is so hard to to predict right now because we've seen so much craziness. Like, the New York Excelsior, for instance, apparently have only just gotten together, and they've been into Korea. Like, they've been in Korea as long as the old Titans were, weren't they?
1: Uh, There was a time that they were still in an A. am not really sure when that transition occurred. Yeah, I mean, anyhow, it's just so weird because
0: the fact that these players were playing separately – and now we're coming together, so maybe there's something to be said there as they some face the, the charge. Um, that might be a good match to watch uh, the the Dynasty Hunters. I mean, I can't I can't say go watch the Dynasty Hunters, but then the Hunters go and put up some craziness against, you know, just. And then in NA, it's right now in NA, it's 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 clear top tier teams. There's a large middle tier, and then there's the uh, teams that. Uh, exist in the bottom. Washington, Vancouver, and Boston in one way, shape, or form. Oh, man. Anywho, as far as other news, so podcast lore states that all the greatest and best news in the Overwatch League seems to break on Wednesday, and because the Overwatch League listens to our podcasts and knows that they need to get this information out on Wednesdays before we do, they broke news of the Overwatch League playoff and grand finals. Now, I'm not going to go through all the details because a whole week has gone by and I'm going to presume that many of you have already gone through and consumed the content, but at a high level for those that might not have. So the playoffs themselves are going to kick off in September and in on September 3rd, that kicks off a two week sort of like online match similar to what we've seen with like the May, May and the, the summer showdown and what we're going to see to the countdown cup. And the, the intent being is there's going to be a series of sort of play in matches um, for teams and, um, within a bracket. So uh, for let's you know talk a little bit about APAC. It's simple. pack is going to have a, essentially a six versus seven, and then third seed takes the the uh, winner, and then fourth seed takes who's ever left. Uh, and then they go into a double elimination. Right. NA, it's similar. There's essentially the play-in, and then there's some more play-ins, and then a play-in, and then double elimination. But eventually what's going to occur is that there are going to be two NA teams and two APAC teams left. And at the conclusion of this sort of play and tournament, the NA teams are going to travel to Asia. Now, before you say, oh, are they going to Korea? Are they going to China? We don't know. All we know is they are going to that region. What it is we do know is they are not going to be playing on land. There is not going to be a stage match. It is not going to be necessarily teams in the same location. They are simply moving the NA teams to the Asian region to make it more competitive and add to the integrity of a match that isn't completely dictated by ping. Now. When the NA teams go travel to Asia, they've already acknowledged that there is going to be a period of time that needs to occur to allow for essentially any quarantine requirements, uh, acclimation to the region, time zones, and all of that. So there will be apparently a, like a two or three week downtime between the end of the sort of double elimination brackets and the sort of finals weekend, as I guess it would be, or finals weekends. I'm not, Entirely clear if it's one or none or two. Yeah. Now, as far as when the matches will be shown, that's to be determined. So let's put on our thinking caps here. For those of you keeping score, I'm going to presume that the Asian region they, it's going to be Korea. I can't see China being it, and no. I, it's just geopolitical more than anything else. So I could see sort of South Korea. Now, if you were to go and look at time zones. The Overwatch League will want to maximize the number of eyes that they can draw based on, you know, whether it's EU, NA, and Asia. So they have to acknowledge straight off the bat that they're going to lose one of those regions based on time. I'm going to presume they're going to lose the EU. And this is not me taking a shot at the EU. It's just the number of NA teams um, that exist. It's just truly that. They're an NA-centric league, whether we want to accept it or not. So if they drop the EU to get a time that's OK, and I mean OK loosely in Korea, and a time that's OK, and I mean that loosely in North America, means a Korean morning and an Eastern North America evening. Like we're talking like a 10 p.m. Eastern style match that would kick off. And if they were to have two, it might be like a 9 and 11, which for us in the West Coast is actually not horrible because that would be, you know, for us, prime what we would call prime time. That's speculative on my part, though. But I, I just, it feels to me like it, that's what they would do. Like, if they were to go and accommodate a primetime slot in Korea, which is fine, that makes it infinitely tough on a North American audience. And while, yes, there will be diehards that will get up and watch. Right. I mean, I remember the difficulty that we had getting up to watch the Vancouver Titans when it was an appointment viewing you missed the first Vancouver Titans match because it, it started an hour before it was supposed to it, and it was over so quick
1: no you're right they'll definitely want to capitalize on both the NA and the Asia region too they get uh, constantly consistently like good numbers especially now going forward much better than the start of the season so hmm. it makes a lot of sense uh it's interesting the entire logistical uh, part of, of actually traveling and not doing LAN. Maybe they'll just go into like a PC bong or something like that. <laughs> I'm not really sure.
0: But, but that's the thing, is if they were to go into a PC bong, why not do like why not do it on LAN? Like I the part of not doing it on LAN, I find it's so longer cable.
1: It. Just get a really long Ethernet cable okay. and
0: I'm old enough to remember that's how we did things way right. back in the day, right? But no, like you know their their acknowledgement of not going on LAN has more to do with the fact that they don't know if they could actually get that set up in time. So they sort of made the assumption that's not going to happen. So we're going to go and do it online. Um, but again, it's it's,
1: it's it's really, really weird um, as to, you know. Well, like, Atomic exposed, uh, wrote in chat that maybe they'll do the same thing they did with Lunatica and Runaway, which was well, also like not a land match, right? True.
0: But like anything that's pre recorded, though, becomes problematic. Pre recorded. You can't contain the, the noise. It leaks. There are people who are going to oh, like, oh, okay, well, I don't need a watch because the result wasn't what I wanted, right? <laughs> so, you, no, you like, I bombs. yeah, I don't know if the Overwatch League would want to lose viewers. It was one thing where you had Lin tai and, and Runaway, which, again, that show match was not necessarily meant for an NA audience. It was one that they used in for an NA audience. Like,
1: it's more like an exhibition, too. Yeah.
0: Anyhow, it'll be interesting. More will come out. Probably going to be on a Wednesday podcast. Lord dictates that—that's what occurs. But uh, what does this all mean? Hey, the Vancouver Titans are in. <laughs> now, no, whether, we're
1: always in it, whether they go all the way. I mean, I'm eh, that top four uh, seat again.
0: Yeah, in the the weekly uprising uh, podcast Discord, uh, it's a Boston uprising, Vancouver Titans, two NA seeds, lock it in. <laughs> Wow. anyhow, they, they appreciated me pandering to them and supporting the Titans what can I say, but I think now I'd be honest and I feel did feel guilty afterwards, because I'm like, well no, I want the two Canadian teams, that would be something awesome if the two Canadian teams were, you know, representing the Maple Leaf but, okay. that will be great but what does this all mean? NA and Asia will be playing, two teams and two teams and okay. you can argue until you, you lose your breath, that that doesn't make sense because there are fewer Asia teams than
1: NA, but hey, it is the way it is it's gonna bring in the big numbers. Yeah. To be sure of that.
0: Other things that are going on in the Overwatch League uh, player movement. So uh Spree, uh, no longer with Houston. I will be the first to admit I had forgotten Spree was on the Houston Outlaws.
1: Did you know that Boink is still uh on the roster? Really? Yeah. Oh man. <laughs>
0: It's You know, these are the things that maybe we should know, but we are right now a Vancouver Titans podcast. So really, why would we pay attention to uh, to other teams? Uh, Atlanta has seen a couple of retirements. First, Baby Bay, though we kind of knew this was going to happen because of the comments that he had made on the summer showdown. But he has officially retired. Has it? Has he officially said he's going to Valorant now? Has that actually happened? Because his, his, his Not bit of- longer didn't actually say that, but everyone's saying he's going to yeah, Valorant.
1: I guess an NDA or something like that. okay. Like an announcement for that uh, for, for a team roster and, you know, reveal.
0: Yeah. And then uh, also retiring from, uh, from Atlanta is uh, Kodak. Although in his, uh Twit longer Kodak talked about how he sort of lost passion for the game. Uh, it was affecting his sort of, you know, mental health and he needed to make changes, but in his retirement, he is now transitioning into a coaching role, which I, I actually like that transition but the question I asked on RSPCord, is this still an indication that the Overwatch League, or maybe not the League as a whole, but teams themselves need to do a better job at providing for you know both physical as well as the mental health of their players? It's one thing to lose the passion for the game. Teams have very little ability to, to deal with that. That's more an Activision Blizzard thing. But then the other component to, to keep in mind, though, is that, you know, I feel that these are young kids that still need to be provided uh, a modicum of support, or if it's there almost, it's almost the parental relationship where someone needs to act as team mom or team dad or whomever it is to sort of almost force them to do things to sort of recharge those batteries. I mean, we've, we've talked about an RSP cord, like back in the day with the Titans, how, you know, friend of the show, Katrina would be the the Titans team mom. And I think that's kind of necessary, especially when we consider these are still kids.
1: Agreed. But, you know, these issues or these challenges are so complicated that even if you do provide that support, it, it's not going to, uh, like, work in every situation or in every, every case. These are such complex issues that I think we're just, like, scraping just the tip of the iceberg. So hopefully, like, especially now with COVID and all this additional mm-hmm. stress that was put on the league and, and you know, the league surviving or not, um, yeah, I, I cannot really uh blame organizations for I, I, I'm not I'm not blaming. I'm simply no, no. asking that they maybe need yeah, to not, do that. I'm not implying that, but yeah, it's 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 tough out there. Uh, both in the league and out of it. But I'm just happy that he was able to uh remain with the team because I remember before this season even began, uh there was a um a big interview with uh I forgot his name, but one of the GMs of, of uh or the GM of of uh the rain and he said like what a professional guy at uh, Kodak was, which he, w- he was actually on the original roster and then he got dropped, but then he uh, like proved himself to be such a good professional on their uh, academy team. So he's, he's like a stalwart, uh, you know, athlete, e-athlete on that organization. So I'm happy to see him transition into a coaching role for sure. Yeah. Uh- we already sort of shared it when we were
0: talking about the matchup. The San Francisco Shock Tayo was announced today. Uh, that being Tuesday, that he is joining the San Francisco Shock. Uh, Shock then tweeted out uh, a picture that uh, Krusty already has him on Genji, and like the look on Super's face is phenomenal. And then there's Moth; he's just happy. Um, then uh, and then Atomic Soul is actually saying in in, in chat that uh, S Spitfire. I yeah, I did not see that, but uh again. Right. Not to suggest it didn't happen. Stuff happens all the time. It's hard to keep track. Just saying. Uh, what else is going on in the game? Jeff came Taya out
1: and, was hmm? signed by uh, Taya was signed by uh, San Francisco Shock as well. Yeah, I, I, we just I said that, and then oh, yeah,
0: yeah, Super yeah. was looking at him poorly. Don't you're just like we were just talking about this. Yeah, where I was, are you, Sam? Mm. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um,
0: Uncle Jeff came out and said that uh, they're going to erase Genji from the game in an upcoming patch
1: finally we're going
0: to rise up in the power rankings um what else apparently there's going to be a couple of cards come one what this one is essentially a play mode that internally they felt didn't work but hey let's give it to the people and see what they think
1: Such an awkward statement to make like why would you even say that like i don't mind like the
0: experimental on the cards that's what the purpose of those are let's have some fun with them i, I kind of wish that they could sort of use them a little bit more often um but yeah it's kind of weird and then um other sort of adjustments but yeah you know erasing uh, erasing genji is going to happen um it talks on chess like vanilla uh, overwatch yeah pretty much it's just eventually, Activision Blizzard did it with World Warcraft. They brought out Vanilla WoW. So, at what point, in time are we going to get Vanilla Overwatch? In? And then we'll see it in the competitive scene, where yeah. six uh, Winstons come flying over the arch wow. Shielded Bastions. <laughs> oh well, thankfully, Shielded Bastion didn't make it into the Vanilla version. He, Shielded Bastion was I I, what in the Alpha? I want to say. Not, I oh, only had a chance yeah. to play. Well, beta
1: definitely had Shielded Bastion. For oh, beta it.
0: did okay. When he when I played in the beta, he did not have a shield. <laughs> Because, you know, the one character in the game that needs a shield of his own, Bastion. (laughs) Triple shield meta, here it comes. Oh, God. You know, and to think about the way the original game was, imagine having, like, six Bastions all with their own individual shields. Or better yet, you know what, let's let's be reasonable. You'll have a Reinhardt, and then you'll have maybe four shielded Bastions, and you'll have a Mercy who can, like, you know, just get her ult and then...
1: Hide, yeah, underneath everyone. So, and Titans will still go Ash Genji against that. So, <laughs> oh, we are cruel, so 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 cruel. Sometimes, uh, but we
0: are <laughs> are at the end of an episode, and I, I didn't give you Omni your, your shout out for dropping a a, a Twitch sub uh, on on the channel. So, <laughs> thank you. You know, I just like to point out that two of the three hosts. Subscribe to our Twitch channel. You get to figure out which one of the three does not. Oh man, it's not fun to pick on Sam when he's not here. Like Who? exactly, there, I don't know if you saw the conversation on on Twitter, but uh, Siren Song, uh, Jade sort of commented like uh, there needs to be like TSP or RSP cups and uh I think it was uh, D Baker that had commented about uh, getting one of our mugs on them. Can you imagine that picture of Sam that occasionally makes an appearance of him looking kind of confused show up on a Froster mug? Like that would increase sales, wouldn't it? I'd buy one. Mm,
1: I just for the novelty maybe. <laughs>
0: Oh man! Hey, if uh, friends at Circle K are listening, let's do a run of Shocked Sam Froster mugs. Like, and they're in shambles right now. How did
1: we? How didn't
0: we think of this? Pure gold. It could be like you know Charlie and the Chocolate Factory type thing. You pull one of these Shocked Sams out, and they get a, fact, a factory tour of the Froster factory. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. You can tell it's hot. We're we're completely losing our mind here. But uh, any final words of wisdom you want to share with uh, all of our uh, our listeners and the viewers that have tuned in tonight?
1: We never truly grow out of our dislike for green veggies, do we?
0: I I don't know where you're going with this, but maybe.
1: Take it anywhere you want.
0: Okay. Um, I First of all, I'm just happy that we haven't seen you, you know, change to the world of gray or sepia. I think it was, what was it, sepia you thought you might
1: yeah I about
0: it. So
1: pretty vibrant today with the pink.
0: But uh Vancouver Titans, you know, take note, we don't want Omni to go grayscale again. Keep mm-hmm. color in his life.
1: We all benefit from this. Very I'm very Hangzhou today.
0: Uh, and then um there's this big news that we're breaking on the twenty-ninth, uh, which is the next episode, not this one. So you do need to make sure you listen to that episode. Or for those who are listening to the episode today or happen to be watching a live stream. It's not like we're going to hide the news from the live stream. So if you want to learn more about what this big news is, you could watch us at twitch.tv slash ready, set phone. I mean, that's, yeah. that's probably the quickest way, or you can wait and that's fine. Sure, I
1: think live, right?
0: Well, it might be. I mean, it, it could be like, there could be fireworks,
1: right? You, you'd be able to say like, tell your children, I was there. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I'm, I'm genuine. I'm genuinely. Excited that this big news is taking us. Like, what, what do you think it is, Ani? I mean, I, if you were to guess, what do you think's happening next week?
1: Well, in my opinion, mm-hmm.
0: my goodness, wow, that is. And that's I,
1: going to be that. It's going to be pretty, pretty I, amazing.
0: I can't believe you just said what you said. That was, that is nuts, man. Like I, I I hold it in. I'm sorry. Okay, We were okay. We had this conversation. It's the reason why Sam's not on this episode is he didn't feel he could contain his excitement with what, what's happening. And you just said what you said. I, I'm sorry. I just. Yeah. It's a challenge. Yeah. But uh, if, if you are listeners, you know, agree with what Omni just said and, 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 and feel that this is the direction we should go. Please let us know. Uh, alternatively, if you don't think Omni's maybe Omni's throwing a, uh, you know, a curveball here and you think it's something else, you know, talk to us in RSP court. Uh, get into our Discord, take part in the conversation by going to discord.io slash ready We're on Twitter at ready Instagram at ready Facebook at ready Pretty much, I think you've noticed there's a theme here. You can find us at race As far as the podcast is concerned, our hope is that you do subscribe to our podcast. If you don't, we are available on every single podcast app that is out there. We also ask if you like what it is you hear or heck, if it is something you don't, let us know by leaving us a review, whether it's a phenomenal review or it's a horrible review. We take them all and you can actually share those thoughts with us. By going to podchaser.com slash ready setpone. And as is practice, we will read these reviews live on an upcoming episode because we want to showcase both the good, the bad, as well as the ugly, and we'll take our lumps as best as we can. Last but not least, if you want to drop feedback to us, it's feedback at resetpone.com or voicelink.fm slash ready So on behalf of myself, Chris at Lightforce, the missing in action. Sam, another Sam Chan, the guy with the loose lips who's sinking the ships, Omni at Omni Strife. I'm going to sign this episode off with those magical two words, HATRAISE!